0: Good morning, 99! I'm so excited and honored to share the word with you on this special Sunday, the week of Christmas. Now, hey, listen, I just want you to know how proud of you we are. Yes, you, the one watching through the screen in your PJs or athleisure at home, listening to my voice. Whether you joined us through church online or have been ruling with us since day one, the fact that we're still here together as a community without our building, without our programs and production proves to me that the church, this body of Christ, is us. It's you and it's me. It's the people. I mean, of course, we miss Sunday worship services and in person community groups. But man, with all the layers peeled back, your commitment to Jesus and the church inspires me. We're so grateful for you. And for our new friends who joined us in the middle of this pandemic, welcome we can't wait to meet you in person a huge shout out to will angelique and joseph who joined my community group this past season you guys are amazing and we love y'all so much we can't wait to worship with you guys in person again soon amen now would you join me in prayer let's pray god we thank you that you are everywhere and with all of us god We celebrate you this Christmas season as Emmanuel, God with us. And so we invite you, Lord, into every single household, into every single room as we uh, receive the word this morning. We pray, God, that your spirit would move mightily, God, that you would transform our hearts. And, Father, that you would bring us closer to you even a little bit more today. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Awesome. Now, I got a question for you, and I'd love to see your answer in the chat. What's one of the best things you've waited for? A few things come to mind for me. First, it was March 2nd, 2017, and Mickey and I, we found ourselves standing outside of Best Buy in the middle of the night. For what, you may be asking. Well, the Nintendo Switch and Zelda Breath of the Wild were to drop on March 3rd. So I dragged Mickey with me to Vallejo, and we waited in the dark, frigid cold from like 9 p.m. to midnight. Now, y'all, there was a line, and we knew that not everyone who came out was going to get what they came for. But the favor of the Lord was upon us, hallelujah, and we got what we came for. We got Zelda Breath of the Wild and the Switch that night. And Zelda Breath of the Wild is hands down one of the best games ever. Can I get an amen? I know we have some Zelda fans up in here. Now, did Mickey later sabotage me by deleting my Zelda account on accident right when I was at the very end of the game? And I still haven't forgiven him to this day? That's a story for another time. It's still tender. God's still working with me on that one. But that switch and Zelda was definitely worth the wait. Another good wait that comes to mind is kind of messed up because it wasn't really me that waited. But one time, Mickey and I went to LA to visit our friends. And I honestly do not know how we came to this agreement. But have you guys heard of Howlin' Rays? It's hands down one of the best Nashville hot chicken sandwich spots here in California. The only issue with this place, well, maybe not anymore because of COVID, but back then, the only issue with this place is that there is no reservation or call-ahead system. You can't even put your name down on a list. So you literally have to just stand and wait in line, and these lines are hours long. They have a Twitter account where they tell you the estimated wait time throughout the day, like 12 p.m. update, line wait, approximately two hours. Honestly, their waits put San Francisco brunch lines to shame. Like I said, I honestly do not remember how we came to this agreement, though it did happen sometime after Mickey deleted my Zelda account, so I don't know if there's a correlation there or not, but my girlfriends and I literally dropped Mickey off in front of Howlin' Ray's to wait in line for us by himself for two hours before the restaurant opened, which actually ended up becoming like a a three-and-a-half-hour wait total. I don't think we've ever waited for food that long before. And shout out to Mickey for being the sweetest, most loving, serving husband. But I have to say, it was honestly worth it. It was worth it, right, Mickey? The food there is so bomb. Highly recommend. And the last one is cheesy and the most important. uh, The best thing I've ever waited for in my life is God's timing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His timing for so many things, but one of my favorite, obviously, is getting married to Mickey, the love of my life. For those of you who don't know our story, we were in major friend zone with each other for like eight years. We literally dated each other's housemates and just did not see each other beyond friends. But let me tell y'all, God is real. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Can I get an amen? Now, these are all fun and happy memories of waiting. But we all know that we as humans don't usually think of waiting as a positive thing. Ying spoke on this last week, the wilderness of waiting. Wasn't that such a powerful message? Man, that Ying Mo, he's so poetic, profound, profound and buff? Why don't we give them a round of applause emojis? Now I want to sit on this revelation a little bit longer with y'all, if that's okay. Waiting. I mean, literally, the definition of Advent, the season we're in right now, is arrival, the coming of Christ. So if he's arriving, then we are waiting. Every year in December, we begin this liturgical tradition of waiting. But usually while we wait, We buy presents, we put up lights, we watch movies, we drink eggnog, we sing carols, we watch elf, we laugh, we feast, and we're together. But this year, this advent, this waiting looks different. We stay home, we social distance, we don't go near or hug each other. We've experienced months and months of loneliness, job loss, Headlines that hit too close, illness, and even death. We live our lives daily in this quiet terror, in this silent, hidden grief. And this year's Advent actually feels closer to the cross than the manger. This year's Advent feels closer to a, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, than joy to the world. Now, what hope Could Advent, the coming of Christ, bring us during year where we find ourselves bound together in this collective suffering? Civil rights activist Valerie Cower once asked, What if this darkness is not the darkness of the tomb, but the darkness of the womb? And our scripture today comes from Isaiah 11, a prophetic passage about the birth and the coming of Christ. Starting in verse 1, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit, and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Verse 10, in that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the people's Of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. A shoot from the stump of Jesse. A stump is all that's left of a tree after it's been cut down. And this tree here represents the royal authority of the house of King David, Jesse's son. This tree has been nothing but a stump for 600 years. And this Jesse tree, axed down, represents a dream cut off. But notice in our passage today, it says, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. There's a couple things I want us to notice here today. Number one, this is a Jesse tree, not a David tree. Now David goes down in history as Israel's greatest king. Even people outside of our church today know the legendary story of David and Goliath. And yet God chooses to prophesy Jesus' coming, specifically not with the name of royal authority, David, but of humble origin, David's father, Jesse. Why? David's father, Jesse, wasn't a king. He was a farmer. Why does God do this? Why not identify himself with the greatest king Israel has known? And we know this isn't a mistake because there's a pattern. Jesus himself doesn't enter the world through a rich family or ideal circumstances. The ways of God are so easy to miss. And perhaps that's something we need to realize now more than ever. What if God is trying to tear us away from this thinking that he's only found in the big and loud, lavish, extravagant moments of life? That's basically everything that's been taken away from us this year, right? Doesn't that seem important? Pastor Brian Zahn says... The ways of God are almost never found in the shouts of the crowd. The ways of God are more often found in trickling tears and whispered prayers. We want God to do a big thing while God is planning to do a small thing. We are impressed by the big and loud. God is not. We are in a hurry. God is not. We want God to act fast, but God's speed is almost always slow. Church, where do you seek the face of Christ this season, this year? Is it in Santa, Christmas trees, carols, and gifts? Is it in loud claims, hard sells, politicians, or even in the desire for big worship services with amplified music and lights? Or do you see him in the faces of our health care workers, the marginalized and excluded, the diminished and the crushed? Do you see him in your everyday mundane moments? Do you see him tending to your silent hidden grief with a heart that says, I just can't stay away from you. I love you and I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Church, I know this year is hard. We're all in it together. I miss our services, I miss hearing us all come together with heartfelt worship. But there's a burden on my heart to tell you today, it'd be such a waste if we missed this moment that we're living in right now. So rather than filling our empty hours and aching hearts with more Netflix, social media, online shopping, or whatever it might be that we fill our time with now, let's make time in this season, in this COVID-19 era, where so many things are paused and made quiet, to gaze upon the shoot from this Jesse tree to gaze upon the shoot of glory and grow deep roots in God. Trust me, if you're only waiting for the doors of the church to be open again, to feel alive and activated in your faith, then you're missing this moment. Artist Scott Erickson says, Familiarity is a helpful tool, but familiarity kills wonder. Our Sunday gatherings are a beautiful yet familiar place. And while this time we live in and worship in now is uncharted territory, invite Jesus in your time sheltered in place and experience wonder that can only be found in your home by yourself right now. Look for glimpses of God's glory breaking in, growing, shooting, bearing fruit in your spirit today. Amen. Number two, do you see a stump or a tree? This Jesse tree is a 600-year-old stump with rings that mark the history of God's story. And now a singular shoot, tender and vulnerable, grows up. How long will it take for the shoot to grow? In our impatience and addiction to speed is hard to wait. It feels like we're always waiting for God to act, and he just doesn't move fast enough. I want to go back to a story I shared earlier about Mickey and I and how we got married. I have this very vivid memory of when I was 28. I had just come back from living in Korea, and a lot of the people around me were already in relationships, already booed up, and I just felt so behind. I remember laying in bed that night about, and thinking about my non-existent love life. And this was before the time of dating apps, so I just mentally scanned and swiped through the men I knew at the time. And at the end of my scan, I prayed and I said, Well, God, it's all in your hands because I got nothing. I honestly don't know how this is going to happen because I really want to meet a man who loves you as much as I do, but there's no one at work, and there's certainly no one at church that I'm interested in, or so I thought. Little did I know that God was already working well before I was even aware, when I was just a 20-year-old kid in college. I actually even was in a long-term relationship at that time, not with Mickey, and God still worked through all of that, hallelujah. Now, Mickey and I, because we were dating each other's housemates in college and we were so freaking friend-zoned to each other, it set up a really great context for us to get to know one another in a super fun and wholesome way. We served in our church together, we went on missions, we were neighbors, we were in the same major, and we saw each other just so much during the week. I knew Mickey as a super fun, sometimes crazy guy who really loved God and showed up at church in his PJ sometimes, and he had this crazy long hair, and we were really good friends. And after college, when I moved to Korea and Mickey back to the Bay, God really grew us both as individuals, so that when we reconnected, everything was just right. We both couldn't believe that we had been right under each other's noses the whole time. Now, I didn't have to wait 600 years for this, or the time it even takes for a tree to grow from a shoot, but in my limited perspective, I thought I was waiting on God to move, to give me something, when in reality, He had been moving all along, even before I started waiting. And many of us find ourselves under that spell of believing that He's not moving, He's not creating, He's not speaking, or He's not doing. Pastor Brian Zahn puts it this way So we are waiting for God to act. But I would suggest that we are not so much waiting for God to act as we are waiting to become contemplative enough to discern what God is doing. God is always acting because God is always loving his creation. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are always inviting us into their house of love. But when we are consumed by anger, harried by anxiety, and driven by impatience, we are blind and deaf to what God is actually doing in the present moment. When we live under this lie of fear, we become we believe that we're stuck in this waiting pattern. But what is fear? As author Anne Voskamp puts it, fear is only but the notion that God's love ends. And when does God's love end? So, church, when anxiety, fear, or despair come up for you during this pandemic, during this Advent, I want you to close your eyes, put your hands over your chest, and speak this truth over your soul. Inhale and say, God, it's hard to see you moving. Exhale, stir my soul that I may see. Now I want to close with this. The tradition of Advent isn't only a time where we remember the story of Jesus' birth, but we ready our hearts for his second coming. In the last chapter of the Bible, Revelations 22, Jesus in his full glory tells us in verse 12, Behold, I am coming soon. And this time he claims his rightful identity as the descendant of King David. In verse 16, he says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. So take hope, be still, seek his face in the belittled gifts and dismissed moments of our everyday life. Let's join with the voices of those that love Jesus and declare in Revelations twenty two seventeen, the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. I want to close our time together with this prayer from Black Liturgies. Would you bow your heads with me? God who grew. We take hope knowing you are a God whose movement is not dependent on our ability to perceive of it. That you waited in the womb of Mary was not time wasted, but an intimate time beginning in mystery, growth, and dependency. Let our own waiting be such that we would find ourselves able to trust our communities to sustain us entering into a sacred interdependence that is safe and healthy for all parts. Let our waiting be a growing time for us as we learn to do justice, repair, and mercy best we can each day. And let us wait in mystery, believing that those who think they are in control of this world are not and will not prevail. Help us to be okay with the unknowing that we would trust the secret of Mary's womb knowing we aren't entitled to knowledge or understanding, but are still held in love. And as we approach the womb, let us feel that even here you are moving. You are growing our way to life and healing. Now, church, inhale and repeat after me. God, it's hard to see you moving. And exhale, stir my soul that I may see. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas and blessing to you and your loved ones. We'll see you again here next week. Peace.